Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God regardless of who gets offended or not. In Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. I want to take a look in this brief time together in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. This is an amazingly encouraging passage of two verses that will open us up to know and to be assured of where all of the truth and wisdom of God has been given to us. Many people look outside of the Bible, and many of them are not really interested in being submitted to God or limited, as they would say, to just the Bible. That's a person that is not right with God. Be sure that, and you should share with them the truth, rebuke them, and do not continue fellowshipping with them because they are not saved if they don't believe that God kept His Word to preserve His Word and to give us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, all things in this life that pertain unto obeying and being in the will of God, godliness there, are given to us in the Holy Scriptures according to Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, according as His divine power hath given us not some things, but all things, all things, all things, all means all, that pertain unto life and godliness. In other words, to this life and being in God's will and godly in this life, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Where are those promises recorded? They're recorded from Genesis to Revelation, saints, in the King James Bible for the English-speaking peoples, that by these, by what? By these exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All things that pertain unto life and godliness, God gave them to us in the Holy Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And looking for an answer in this life outside of God's Word is always going to end in disaster and false hope. The Scripture says in Psalm 119.105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. In other words, walking the narrow road or way that leads to life, not only is the path lit by the word of God, but also your feet. The light shines on your feet so that you can see where you're placing them. So God gave us all things that pertain unto life and godliness in his written word. So why would anyone claiming to know Jesus or be known of him, look elsewhere. Remember, again, all things that pertain unto life and godliness are given to us in the exceeding great and precious promises of God's Word. And one of those things I want to talk about today is in Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9. Today, in a Bible study with other believers, the issue of past sins that we have committed after we got saved came up and was able to share this glorious truth 
truth of the all-encompassing salvation that God provided through the blood of a lamb, Jesus Christ. It's a perfect salvation, saints, and God didn't leave anything out. It's complete. Remember, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, so great salvation? And I shared with them that if we still have sin, spotting or staining our garments of righteousness that Christ gave us, the only reason would be that we have not confessed that sin. We have not hearkened to the Holy Spirit in the scriptures, drawing us and calling us into repentance, a returning to God and confession of those sins. The scripture tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess, notice it's contingent, something you have to choose to do. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? Not only to forgive our sins, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It gets more specific here in Hebrews 9, 14, the glorious salvation through the one who is the propitiation of our sins, the atoning sacrifice, the one who said it is finished after he offered his precious sinless blood on that cross, the altar of that cross. He said it is finished. It is complete. It is paid in full. That salvation that was wrought by God, who was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, not only forgives our sins, but cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. And what kind of cleansing is he talking about there? Part of that cleansing, a big part of it, would be the cleansing of our conscience. Has anyone out there, other than myself, ever had past sins haunt you in your conscience, day and night at times? Well, I'd imagine, as the Bible study group all seem to agree, we've all had those sins that we've committed after we got saved. I know we shouldn't have, and we had the power and the grace of God not to, but we still did, right? God didn't leave anything out of his salvation in Christ. He says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain what? Mercy, to help in time of need. Grace and mercy. That's also in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 16. But if we don't come to the throne of grace boldly or confidently because of the blood of a lamb, verse 14 through 16 in Hebrews 4, then we won't obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, why would a Christian, this book's written to holy brethren, Hebrews 3, 1, it's written to every believer of the New Testament era. Why would we not come to the throne of grace to obtain this mercy that God has provided through the blood of a lamb? Why would we need mercy would also be another question. Well, because we stumble, we sin. You know, some want to call it a mistake. Well, it's a mistake, but the Bible calls it a sin. If we've sinned, we've sinned. So it's best just to square off honestly with God and say, Lord, I did such and such. Lord, I thought upon such and such. Lord, I acted in such and such a sinful fashion. Just call it by the King James Bible names that it really is. And that's going to help too, to be thoroughly honest. Honesty goes a long way with God. Proverbs 28, 13, he that covereth or tries to hide his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And that mercy is given to us, that perfect mercy, and all of our sins removed as far as the east is from the west through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, exclusively and only. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why can we come confidently? Because we have a revelation that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins, 1 John 1, 7. Amen. We have faith in his blood. I believe that's Romans 3.25. Do you have faith in the blood of Jesus today, beloved? Jesus before and right before he was going to go to the cross, Matthew 26.28, he spoke about the remission, the complete blotting out, as Isaiah speaks of, of our sins. Notice Jesus says, for this is my blood of the New Testament or New Covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of our sins, for the remission 
the complete removal of our sins. That is a glorious truth, one of many of the blood of Jesus, as we're talking about today, friends, in this message about one component, at least, of the all-encompassing salvation of God, which gives us all things, not some things, but all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So if you're dealing with anything, please know, beloved, if you don't hear anything else in this message, that God's Word addresses that very thing. And one of those things, as was agreed upon in the fellowship of about 15 or 20 saints in a Bible study I referenced earlier that I was in recently, is that we have the haunting, if you will, of shame that comes from sins that were committed after we were saved. And how does the Bible address that? Hebrews 9, 14, perhaps our theme verse here, says this of the salvation of God in the perfect blood of Christ. How much more shall the blood of Christ, he's contrasting the sacrifices, the inferior sacrifices under the old covenant with the new covenant sacrifice once and for all of the blood of the Lord Jesus. When he died, he shed his blood and that blood was divine. It was precious. It was holy. It was sinless. And it was the very sacrifice that's the only sacrifice once and for all, book of Hebrews, that satisfies the claims of the Father's justice to redeem us unto him and of all our sins. As reviewed in 1 John 1, 9, not only are we forgiven as we confess our sins and they're washed away in the blood of a lamb afresh, but also we are purged in our conscience. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let me say this. Some believe that and are taught erroneously that all of your sins when you're saved, past, present, and future are automatically forgiven. Is that true? No, that's not true. Notice in Romans 3, I believe it's verse 25, he speaks of the sins that are past. Notice the sins that are past. He specifically lists that we're forgiven presently by the sins that are past, but we still have to confess our sins. It's not optional. You must confess your sins before God and keep your garment of righteousness that he gave you perfectly when he saved you, cleansed of all the stain of sin. Notice in 1 John 1, 7, it says, if, notice if, that's a conditional word, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. In other words, our fellowship with Christ is perfect. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sins. And notice the condition. We have to walk in the light as he is in the light. To have our sins continually cleansed, Jesus speaks of this in John chapter 13, when he told Peter that he that is washed need only to have his hands and feet washed. That washing he's speaking of there is symbolic of the washing of regeneration. Same word as being born again. Titus 3 verse 5 and 6. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So after you're born again, you need only to have your hands and feet. As you go through this life, I believe Jesus is saying, at times, uh, regrettably, we don't stay as close to the Lord and in the Spirit through the cross, the life, cross life. And therefore, sometimes we stumble and we have need of confession. And God didn't leave that out. He, he didn't leave out the continual washing of our sins. He included that as he did in the all-encompassing perfect salvation of Christ. But some of us want to link and hold to that one-time event instead of acknowledging the whole of Scripture and what it teaches concerning a lifetime relationship of abiding in Christ. John 15, if you don't abide or remain in him, you're going to be cast into the fire. John 15, 6. Now notice this so great salvation in Hebrews 9, 14, and what it includes. It says, how much more shall the blood 
of Christ, isn't it interesting that we hear very little of the blood of Christ today? Now, these pastors will constantly talk about giving and invite you to give, but they won't talk about the blood of a lamb. They won't go through the scriptures in extensive Bible studies on the divinity of Christ and all the prophecies that he fulfilled. They won't talk about judgment to come. They won't talk about denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. They won't talk about repentance or the return of Christ or holiness, but they're often in every time they speak, going to invite you to give so they become, in most cases, more wealthy in this fleeting world. You know, it's interesting. I visited a church recently where I had some things I wanted to share with the pastor. So I went in vain to their website. This is a large church, very large. It has biggest in this town and it had more than one location. You know how that goes when these secret friendly churches are expanding their revenues and more than one service at each location. And, you know, when I went to the website, I certainly could find how to give to them, but there was nowhere, and I mean nowhere, I scoured that site and everywhere else looking it up to try to find out how I could simply email and or call. Well, the number didn't work. I mean, this is a very large organization. You can't, couldn't get in touch with them. In other words, what does that tell you? They're very interested in you giving them money, but they're not interested in being personable with you. They're not interested in any input you might have as a believer. Just amazing. Amazing. How much more? Hebrews 9, 14. I want to put this verse in the arsenal of your heart and life today, beloved, as an installment, a component of the great, the so great salvation, Hebrews 2, 3, that was given to us in Christ when God was in Christ, who was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. When he gave his son, who was the righteous one, and paid the sin debt for all of us who are unrighteous. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, that is, in comparison to the Old Testament sacrifices, how much more shall the blood of Christ? See, Hebrews contrast the blood of a lamb, Jesus, and the infinitely superior new covenant because of its ratification by the blood of Jesus to the old covenant sacrifices, which were a mere shadow of that which is to come. We're under the new covenant. It's a shame you have to say that so straight. And so it's such an obvious New Testament revelation to so many today who are still trying to go back under the old covenant, which is absolutely insane, insanity. We deal with that on the site, the website, safeguardyoursoul.com. Just go to the category, there's a drop-down menu, Judaizing Devils, I believe it's called, Judaizing Devil, J-U-D-A-I-Z-I-N-G, I I believe it. Just go to J and you'll see it. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, the Holy Ghost, empowering and giving him the Father's grace, offered himself without spot, there it is, he was spotless, the only one ever, the only man ever to be spotless, sinless. He offered himself without spot to God, perfect sacrifice. How much more shall he purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? I want you to meditate on that. Not only does the blood of a lamb forgive your sins, but when applied correctly, if you will, by us as we seek the Lord on this truth, he will purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You know, one of the things that came up in that recent Bible study I referenced earlier is people slandering you or coming up to you and saying, well, you committed this sin. I offered this suggestion. I said, you know what? Next time somebody does that to us, perhaps we should just turn around in the joy of the Lord and go, hey, you know what? I did commit that sin. Or if I did commit that sin, praise God, I've confessed it and God has forgiven it. And isn't that a blessing that you can have, you also can have all of your sins forgiven and cleansed away by the blood of a lamb? Just turn it around for the glory 
glory of God and share with them how wonderful it is to be redeemed, to be born again and able to confess your sins, have them forgiven. And also the shame and the dirtiness that still tries to come back and haunt you can be uh, of your conscience can be cleansed. You can be cleansed or purged in your conscience from dead works to serve the living God with joy and a clear conscience. Which one of us can say that we have not ever sinned after he saved us? Not one honest believer could ever even think to say that. We all roll our eyes, drop our heads, and hopefully we say with the of the two men, one of them that Jesus spoke about in Luke 18, we can just drop our head before God and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, and thank you that you have been through and on behalf of the perfect sacrifice of Christ. And not only have you forgiven me, and I'm completely washed of all my sins as far as the east is from the west, but also you purge by your blood right now my conscience of all stain of sin and all shame. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As we close, F.B. Meyer said of this very passage here in Hebrews 9, he said, the blood of Christ sealed the new covenant. He says this, we are led to consider Christ's highly or high priestly work. The scene for it is no edifice made with hands in this transitory world, but eternal and divine. His stay in the holiest, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in the Holy of Holies. Amen. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It is not brief. It is not hurried and repeated year by year, but once for all, he enters by virtue of his own sinless blood. That blood cleanses not only from ceremonial guilt, but from moral and spiritual pollution. A will or testament comes into force when the testator dies, as says the book of Hebrews. And F.B. Meyer goes on, he says, so the will of the eternal father toward us has been made valid through the blood of Jesus. Consider then the eternal or timeless spirit. What Jesus did on the cross was the doing of God through his spirit. The atonement was not wrought by the dying sufferer to appease God, but to express God as reconciling the world to himself. The timeless cross. It belongs to no one, no one age, but towers over the wrecks of time and is as near us as the early church, the timeless Christ. F.B. Meyer finishes by saying, cast yourself out of yourself and into him, out of the fret of the time span fear into the freedom and ecstasy of the eternal, unquote. Praise God. Saints, the good news is that the blood of Christ, which was shed in his crucifixion 2,000 years ago, runs, flows at heaven's fount at the right hand of the Father, as fresh as it did the moment it was shed, to cleanse any and every sin. And don't you dare put any sin you or anybody else has ever committed above the blood of Christ's cross. That's idolatry. Perhaps some of us need to repent of that, where you're magnifying the sin you committed or someone else's above the very blood of his cross, which is an impossibility. Which sin, saints, is greater than the blood of his cross? Tell me, what sin is greater than the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for all our sin, which the New Testament is replete in establishing and revealing in detail? Let's finish with this, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Here's an action item for you. Here's something you may need 
need to take in the prayers, you open your King James Bible and you look at Philippians 3, 13 and 14, and you take this before the Lord in holy communion and confession and declaration and say, with the Apostle Paul, brethren, I count not myself, he says, he writes, to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, this is an action item, forgetting, this is the instruction of God, saints, that's why it's in the Bible for you and me, forgetting, severing those things which are behind, that's your whole past, beloved, forgetting them, and reaching forth, here we go forward, today's the first day of the rest of your life, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God bless you, saints. Thanks for listening, and please feel free to avail yourself to the scripture-rich resources that are there for you to grow in the grace of Christ at safeguardyoursoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting, and feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.